0: Welcome to Life is a Metaphor mini podcast where we explore the many metaphors that life has to offer. So I've been thinking a lot about the relationship between the heart and mind, and I kind of think I've really tapped into an important wellspring for myself here, actually. I mean, not just in my own life. I mean, certainly it's been just like shuffling so many things together for me. But also, I think that this is just like a really important, purposeful thing for me Um, It might be something that I just like take and run with and like make a whole project about and just like really commit my time and my work to, um, honestly. So, you know, more to come. But preliminarily, I just wanted to talk about this metaphor that so obviously sort of jumps out at me and that sort of came out first when considering this heart and mind relationship. I mean, all of this started when... Someone in one of the personal growth circles that I was, um, you know, listening to her work, and she said um, that the heart is, or no, excuse me, the mind is intended to serve the heart. The mind was always intended to be the servant of the heart, and things are off and awry, and they're not in right relationship with each other. If the mind isn't serving the heart, you know, the heart is the higher consciousness and that the mind is supposed to serve the heart. And that is the best use of your mind. The mind is a beautiful tool and this amazing functional um, sorting device. And it's just immaculate art. It does so much, um, but it must be used in service of the heart or else things go awry. The mind is getting, you know, too much control if you let it have more than that. And, you know, the heart suffers and basically you're not steering in the right direction with all your thoughts and you're letting, you know, your thoughts and your mind just take you into places they are not going to serve you, and, you know, gosh, could kill you, um, you know, emotionally, um, yeah, spiritually, and even physically, kind of, if you um, kind of let this mind not serve the heart let it be used as this beautiful tool that it is but not in service of the heart okay and i mean there's much of that that i find beautiful much of that that i think is true much of that that's just amazing to consider you know just like hey what an interesting idea um But immediately I started seeing like all these metaphors in it. Um, I've heard people talk about men and women that way. I mean, I've definitely heard a lot of people saying like men are like the mind, right? Well, we associate women more with the heart and men more with the mind. But I've heard people talking about men saying, you know, men are very useful and like great at discernment and calculating and it's a work of art and, um, you know, they're, they're such an amazing source. Device, um, but like women are the heart and the um, kind of the higher consciousness, there or the compassion, or you know, men are the boat and women are the ocean, and like men do the functional thing, but only in service or in exploration of the ocean. The greater source energy um, is coming from the women, or something, and you know, so women are like the heart and men are like the mind. And that um, I've even heard people say that like men. Should serve like what they, men should do their thing and be themselves and be this wonderful, functional, useful tool, but only in service to the feminine. Um, And if they are not in service to the heart and in service to the feminine and and source of, uh, in service to that source energy, then they will be astray. Everything will start to break down. I've heard feminists um, talk about like that kind of being the description of patriarchy, you know, it's like when men started not being in service to the feminine, um, to that source energy, um, then everything broke down. I've even heard some people talking about it, like individual men, you know, when they are no longer doing what they do in service to the women that they love, then they fall apart, they become... Um, dangerous sinister they become um astray they are having too much power or their power gets warped and um you know it's death death and emotional death spiritual death and even physical death like is the result of this horrible um not being in right relationship this male female thing again i can see plenty of interesting truthful aspects of that and um you know all of that is very, very interesting to consider. But the the main thing that just kind of jumped out at me, even when considering all of that, and when that was all kind of shuffling through my head, is like, you know, okay, is that going to fire some people up? Are men going to be like, we're not in service to women? Why are we in, you know, and like, does that make them feel inferior? And like, why do we even think like that? You know, so, so my point is, you know, is that going to fire somebody up to be told that like, hey, this is the direction, like the mind should be in service to the heart or the heart should be in service to the mind or men should be in service to women or women should be in service to men. And like, who cares? That is actually the metaphor I want to talk about. It's like, it shouldn't actually matter now, should it? I mean, if the mind is in service of the heart, or if the heart is in service to the mind, like it shouldn't really matter, right? I mean, same thing. If the man is in service to the woman, or if the woman is in service to the man, um, you know, if his actions are in service to the women he loves, or if her actions are in service to the men she loves, it shouldn't matter. What is the deal? (laughs) You know, that's the metaphor. We always get so adversarial with these things. And it's just like a relationship. That is the whole point. That is what is so beautiful about this, that we are talking about relationship, relationship, the relationship between the heart and the mind and getting it into it's right relationship, it's place of integrity, getting, restoring the heart and the mind into the integrity of the relationship that they're supposed to have, you know, or into a relationship with the most integrity, you know, that kind of thing. And I feel like the same with men and women, getting them into a relationship, restoring a relationship between masculine, and feminine, fem- female, male, um, with the most integrity in place. Um, so, and that's that's what's so interesting about this because just in making that comparison, it's like all this other stuff starts to flesh out. Like in a relationship between a man and a woman, um, don't we get so adversarial? Don't we start thinking? Um, That one might overtake us. I mean, that to me is another pivotal sort of key point here is that um, the mind and the heart, if they're in right relationship, if they're in integrity with each other, uh, they don't worry who's in service to who because they both hold the other with honor and reverence and respect um, equally. They aren't worried about who has power because it's not a power trip, you know. And when the mind and the heart, or when man and woman, when there is a relationship of any type that is in true balance and true integrity and true unity, there is no concern about one overtaking the other. It, and I've heard though I, how many times I've heard, you know, individuals say that they're afraid that the relationship with the other person will overtake them and they like have to stand their ground and they're afraid of being overtaken by the relationship they're afraid of being overtaken by the other person they're afraid um, yeah that if they don't have dominance they will absolutely kind of be obliterated or something and that that happens that's what's happening in arguments and these adversarial kind of things that's why they would get fired up even in the first place, if someone suggested that they should be in service, like if someone suggested to a man that he should be in service to a woman, he would be fired up because he would think that that would like negate him or obliterate him or um, diminish him or something, you know, uh, because he would think the other would overtake him if he gave any or yielded, you know, and, and diminished himself in any way, the other would just overtake him. And that's, that's crazy, that's that adversarial relationship. That's not a relationship of unity. There would be no worry of being overtaken um, if there was that relationship of unity, and there would really be no concern with who is serving who. you know if a woman got told that she was to serve a man, um, it wouldn't bother her necessarily at all. Um, if there wasn't that fear of overtake and that fear of like, you know, I've got to stand my ground or I can't be diminished or whatever. But when you know that both people are equally serving each other, it doesn't matter who's serving who you wouldn't that wouldn't fly all over you to even be told that because I mean, the heart and the mind, I mean, it's- really nice to go back to that example. Because sometimes when we start using the personal examples, like in our actual lives, it's where more defensiveness pops up. But you know, if the heart serves the mind, or if the mind serves the heart, it shouldn't really matter either way. Now should it? Because if both of them are in service to each other, if both of them are holding the other in high reverence and with honor and respect, um, and both of them have as their directive to serve the other, and be united in that mutual serving of each other, um then it's it's hard to say who serves who? who knows and it doesn't matter, you're out of step if you're not serving the other, sort of um well, not even sort of, like definitely. <laughs> um so that's how that goes, and the heart and the mind in that type of relationship would not be worried that like, you know, the mind is going to overtake me if I let it gain too much ground or if I serve it or if I diminish myself or if I give my energy to it instead of like having my energy itself, you know, I'll be overtaken by the heart or the mind will overtake me. I don't think they're in that kind of adversarial relationship, but we sure do put our hearts and our minds in our own understanding, in that kind of adversarial relationship, don't we? Because I have definitely heard people say on both ends, um, you know, that they're afraid of like letting their feelings take over or being overtaken by their feelings, being overtaken by their heart um, or being overtaken by a relationship, uh, or being overtaken like I said by emotion and they they squelch that and they don't want it to overtake and so they're basically telling their mind and their heart that that's a possibility why are you so worried that somebody's gonna you know your feelings can ha- be had and that you can let them run freely and they're not going to overtake you that fear is totally based in that adversarial relationship or adversarial understanding of relationship. Um, because yeah, it's it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be. And I've also heard people talk about, you know, being worried that their mind would overtake and that they overthink. I say that too, because us, I do. And it is possible to overthink or to get out of balance, um, you know, with one or the other. But that is the whole point of how rich and important having your mind and heart be in right relationship together is, you know, so that they are in harmony and in this great, you know, relationship together where they're mutually serving each other um, because it makes it easier for them to stay balanced and for one not to kind of run um, oh, unchecked without the other one, they're participating and serving the other. Because if one is going to constantly serve the other, they're both going to be showing up. You're not going to have a situation where they're operating as two adversarial individuals that just cooperate sometimes. Um, because it's not going to be like one passes the ball to the other. It's they're in service to each other. Okay, so the mind isn't going to be just doing its thing without the heart showing up and serving it while it's doing its thing. So then the heart will be present and things are balanced. And the heart's not going to just do its thing without the mind showing up to serve it and to be in service to it. Um, And therefore, it will be present. And so both will be in balance, you know, but the way that we do it, we kind of turn one off and the other on. And we kind of see it as like two separate things that just kind of swap the ball or the baton back and forth. And that is the kind of thing that does create this like very black and white uh you know human dumb understanding that we kind of have of relationship in general too and so i'll take it back to that side of the metaphor because like yeah in relationship you know what if you were in a relationship where you never had to feel like um your partner or what your partner wanted to do or their lifestyle or their interests were ever at risk of overtaking you or your time, you know, spending time with them and all, you know, it wasn't at risk of overtaking you Or their opinions or what they think is right and wrong was never at risk of overtaking you and you didn't have to fight back in that adversarial kind of way because it wasn't going to mean you were wrong if they thought that. I mean, there's a lot of relationship stuff out there. I mean, I'll give a little shout out to like the relationship school because that's something I've... And they're sitting there doing nothing but that, um, you know, teaching people how to like deconstruct that. Like, hey, yo, just because you are... You, you know your partner has an opinion and it's different than yours doesn't mean that that will default make you wrong because you're just not adversaries like that. It's not one negating the other. One doesn't overtake the other. Because one exists or is there, it doesn't mean that the other must be negated or leave. You know, that's not how it goes. Um, And so then, you know, in that relationship, they could have strong opinions and those opinions could be really different than yours and it doesn't make you wrong. And even in an argument, they could have had a completely different experience than you did and it doesn't make you wrong we're not in an adversarial thing where one is going to negate the other or you know one there's only room for one to hold any position of uh validity like no man well, what if It was an in-service thing where your partner was completely in service to you and you were completely in service to them. And you were also both mutually in service to your own selves, of course, because you advocate you too. But, you know, there was that trust of like, yeah, we have this kind of unity. And so even though I'm having this completely different experience than they are, they're still in service to my experience. Um, And so I don't have to be worried that I'm wrong because they're serving me and they will serve me or even them having a different experience than me is a way that they are serving me because they're giving me a different viewpoint, you know, and how it's like actually them serving you and, you know, just being able to exhale and know that there's no tension. There's no overtaking nothing is going to negate the other. There is nothing like that. There's no passing back and forth blinking from black to white. Like you're just in constant fluid service to each other just to exhale and release and know that your partner is always serving you. Um, You know, how great would that relationship be? Uh, People who are in adversarial relationships who think that, you know, they're constantly going to be negated or that they have to hold their ground or that the other partner is going to overtake them. I mean, I've seen actually um, many people who almost have like, you know, that fear of closeness or too much attachment. um, And they really think that like having a partner or loving somebody so much is going to just like negate them, annihilate them, overtake them. And women, especially um, when a woman is a very, chaotic or emotional type of person. Uh, You know, I've heard men say like, you know, that they'll just overtake you, you know, or they're worried of being overtaken by that chaos or by that emotion. Um, And so I get it. It's a real thing. But what if there was that deconstruction of that belief that the mind and the heart, or what if we could rebalance the mind and the heart or men and women or the masculine, and the feminine, you know, and put it to where it is in right relationship and the mind and the heart doesn't ever have to worry about the other overtaking because it just, we're, we're a team, you know, we're going to constantly be in reverence and in service to each other. I mean, if that heart could stand there and know that the mind views it as a higher consciousness and is happy and willing to serve it and respect it every day and to use all of the mind's beautiful skills and all of its artistry in order to serve the heart. Well, wouldn't that put the heart in the deepest state of gratitude and also, um, Reverence for the mind and its servitude and its help help that it offers, you know, its wonderful skill would become that much more valuable to the heart. and it would just stand in awe of that amazing, you know, intricate, beautiful mind working in servitude to it, you know, in in its service, I guess. servitude is a weird word. Sometimes it sounds like, you know, servitude or slavery or something. So like, you know, scratch that particular connotation out of your mind. But like, if it's working in service to the heart or to you, if you're that heart, you know, how much that would put you in reverence and in service to that thing serving you, you know, I mean, you see, I just like cycles back around. It's like, gosh, that would put me in service to you in full gratitude to you if if you were in service to me undying unwavering kind of service to me like of course you know that just it just naturally does so so anyway it didn't matter right i mean it doesn't matter who's in service to who because it just creates a chain reaction i mean let's say that it is the mind in service to the heart okay the heart will never misuse the mind then i mean because of that deep gratitude and you know And I know it's not perfect, you know, I mean, I can almost hear somebody being like, well, that's not true. I mean, you know, and sometimes when people are in service to other people, they do misuse that service and they get greedy. And I mean, like, maybe, okay, maybe, but I'm talking about this constant flow and like this maintaining of this relationship where the other is they're in service to each other. And there's that mutuality and that mutual respect and that mutual reverence. And that constant balancing, like reminding each other in this constant way, like we're a team, we're in relationship, us being in right relationship is what makes this whole thing flow. It's what makes everything wonderful, like in the world, it's what makes the world go round. And so, you know, it's up to us, like we're an absolute team. And we want to make sure that this balancing and this constant rebalancing just happens between us. And it's this, you know, I'm going to stay in constant reverence to you, you're going to stay in constant reverence to me, we're going to constantly serve each other. Like, I'm honored, I'm grateful that you are in service to me. Like, I love that lavish, that service that you lavish upon me. And um, I would never misuse you for that, because oh, my gosh, I am in such Um, Gratitude for that. That why would I ever take away that wonderful gift that you're giving me by misusing you? I wouldn't. I want that gift to keep coming, so I will keep it coming. You know, and and even in the moments when I might be tempted to uh, be out of balance with that, or to you know overtake or misuse your service, I just need that one little thought. It's not even a big thing that I have to hold. I mean, it's so easy. It seems. It seems. I understand in real life, maybe not, but like. I just have to realize we're a team. We're a team. Adversarial stuff sucks, <laughs> you know? We're a team. This is how the world goes around. It's up to me and you. We're the flow. We're the circuit. We're the channel. It's between us to keep this flowing and to make everything amazing. If I mess up that circuit, you know, if we get out of step, if we get out of balance, if we become adversaries, all of this wonderfulness that i Want and am in such gratitude for is is gone. So like let's keep it here. Like nobody wants, nobody negates the other. Why would you want to negate the other? Why would you want to overtake the other so that you could be alone? <laughs> like you know, think about it. No, you want to leave the other there so that you are there with them and that you are constantly serving and feeding each other. So no, there wouldn't be adversarial stuff. There wouldn't be any negating the other or like n- fear about losing ground or being over taken no because we're a real team and it would be that balance and that harmony which is the very balance and harmony that would be so amazing in a real life individual relationship too like people that are in adversarial relationships don't function well i mean it's it's no it's no shock there are so many programs and things out there aimed at getting us reconditioned to understand that to get us better communicating with our partners and uh you know realizing that um so it's it's no big secret and then to me this other piece this other metaphor this way to understand it even further than just like a relationship between two partners is all this other stuff like a relationship between the heart and the mind man we do that all the time in our life where we're like passing the baton between one or the other and thinking that one will overtake the other or that one's the bad guy or i don't know i see it everywhere but i won't go into all of that because it's just like this whole pandora's box in my opinion of juicy stuff that i do want to explore at length and in detail um but just as that preliminary thing just like hey (laughs) The relationship between the heart and the mind is such an important metaphor for so many things because relationship is the metaphor and what relationship even means, you know, and it means teammate and doesn't mean that adversarial thing. And, you know, why should it even matter which one is in service to the other? That would never matter in a relationship, a a right relationship, that balanced, integrous relationship that would never matter because both would be in service to both and we could pick one and let it be in service as the directive as the way to like get the initiation cycle going but it would just naturally feed back with you know being in service to the other being in gratitude to the other and that's that is relationship that is the metaphor of relationship that trickles down and into all these other places Uh, you know it's like Actual relationships, relationships between bigger energies like masculine and feminine, uh, relationships between a bigger entity like our hearts and our minds that we sit and deal with every day. I mean, even if you don't think hearts and minds represent masculine and feminine, it's interesting to play with how they could. And I plan on it. (laughs) So we'll leave that for later. Uh, For now, I just wanted to point out the relationship metaphor. Thank you so much for listening. I've always loved playing with ideas and deepening in any way that I can. I find it brings connection back. It enlivens you, especially if you're using real play and games to do it. So come and check out all the games and stuff that we've got going on at bringconnectionback.com.